Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlc pod they bring the show to you and in return they get cool stuff including video versions of the show ad free versions of the show and an entire bonus show called paid dlc which actually everybody got this last week because we're in it we're in it we're in the summer of games we're gonna get to it in a second but dlc is a show all about games in their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who knows i'm trying to go fast because we just have too much to pack into this show mr christian spicer hello christian yeah we do and and as you mentioned if you liked that whatever i think it was thursday this past week show with lana you can become a patron and get a show like that every week it won't always be not e3 content but a little more casual a little more hangy outy uh and a lot more lana bashinsky Yes, I was going to say, and I was going to try to get like laughing in Lana because we were giggling it up uh, yeah. this last episode. So that's all available to patrons. Hopefully you enjoyed, everybody enjoyed this week's or whatever it was last week's. How do weeks work? Um, but dude, I'll save it until we uh, until we get into it. But my goodness, my friend, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is not E3. E3 is a figment of our imagination. It's a thing of the past. It's a uh, a wish wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a dream. What we do have is warm days. We have summertime. We have games. In fact, we have too many games to talk about. Uh, but we also have our go-to when it is E3. It is our go-to guest. And a guest that I can only introduce with his own theme song. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Anthony Taormina. 
Shout out to shout out to Sean Madigan for the awesome bumpers. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome back to the show. You know him from Game Rant and this show. And uh, he's literally just drove back from the Summer Games Fest. So I did. Been, yes, you've been for days, right? Multiple days. Multiple days. Yeah, left on uh, a Thursday, and then the event took place Friday, Saturday, and then I was um, in the fan fest of the Xbox Showcase uh, at the. Uh, Novo Theater in uh, sunny Los Angeles. So yeah, I've been I've been in a, a pseudo E3 experience for the last three days. We have so much to talk about. I want to get to all the stuff that you had hands on with, uh, because now you are our proxy, you are our surrogate, you are our man with the hands on. Let us and, see your uh, hands. Show us your. Oh my god, they were on. So many they things. Were on. The light makes them just look white, but you know. Okay. Uh, but this will not be uh, this will not be a normal episode of the show. We're not going to do our our normal segments. It's going to be wall to wall summer games fest. So let's kick it off with another of our Sean Madigan bumpers. It's the summer of games on DLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and the news will live up to your expectations. Christian always uh, always bringing it down there, but I don't know if that's the case this time. It was the case literally earlier in the week with the actual Summer Games Fest, I think. Uh, and uh, now, in retrospect, having devoted an entire paid DLC episode to just talking about Keeley's uh, Summer Games Fest, feels like a mistake when we now have the Xbox presentation, the IGN presentation, the PC game show, all of which have so much to talk about that I don't know how we're going to cram it all into one episode. But let's... Try it. Let's try it, shall we, boys? You know, sometimes I go down the list and we just talk about every game that was announced. I think the Xbox Game Fest had like 30 some odd games. Uh, So I don't know if we're going to be able to get to everything I want to. There's tons of stuff that has me excited. But I think we should, instead of burying the lead, we should just start right at the top and talk about Starfield. What do you think, Anthony? I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I mean, let's uh, let's tell Xbox, hey, we know what everybody was here to see anyway, so we're going to talk about it first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming 2023 because dates are who would who would put a date on that game, right? Who who would? Oh wait, we remember did? remember the good old days of Bethesda where they were like, we are Bethesda, and we if we show you a game, it has a release date. And now they're like, here's Elder Scrolls Six. We don't know if we're even going to be alive to make it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we did get as as uh, as predicted and expected. Uh, we did get a big juicy chunk of actual gameplay. Lots of facets of the game were shown. Uh, the scale and 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 size of the game was hinted at. There is so much to dig into just with Starfield. I would love to get Anthony your first impression of the game and uh, how, where it sits in in your your hype level, your expectation level. Your you know, does it is it kind of what you thought it was going to be? Or were there any big surprises? What is your impression? Um. Well. I guess I didn't really think about it until we started seeing it. But then as we started to see things, it was like, yeah, what did I, what did I expect? You know, when Todd Howard started talking about, oh, you can build a base on a, on a planet. 
was like, of course you can. And when he, you know, turned to the ship and he, you know, buried the lead, talked very slowly. It was like, yes, yeah, okay, get get to the point. We get to make our own ship. Okay, okay. Um, but it, you know, doing all of that stuff still seems very ambitious, very exciting to, especially coming from Bethesda, who's known for making these just massive worlds. Um, so yeah, in retrospect, it did really deliver on all the things I think I was expecting, but not realizing I was expecting. Um, it certainly looks like an ambitious game. It looks like a game that is going to take up a ton of your time. Uh, I'm not particularly sold on the combat. Um, mm. that, that, that didn't really do much for me, but outside of that, um, I think the, you know, facial animations look much better than they have in past Bethesda games. Still maybe a little dead behind the eyes type of look, but st- a lot more detail, a lot more interesting people to look at. Um, each yeah, it's of the not, plan- uh, it's not horizon forbidden West. It's not, you know, the mortal Kombat series lately. It's not, uh, there are, there are a bunch of, you know, it's not even God of war. It's not, it's not, there's a bunch of games that do, I think, uh, realistic faces m- more impressively, but it's certainly a huge step up from the last, uh, Bethesda offerings. Yeah. It, it, it gave me everything I think that I was expecting, but there was nothing. I guess maybe the that idea of, you know, uh, you can explore this planet and then pulling back and saying you can explore every planet in this solar system and then you can explore every planet. You know, I think that was maybe the closest thing to, wow, this is that seems maybe outside of the realm of possibility of what I was imagining. But at the same time, it is the studio that said you know, in Skyrim, you see that over there, you can walk over there. Right. So it, it, it is on par for them. Um, I think most people will be happy with it. It's, it's maybe not necessarily my type of game, but I'm definitely going to play it and sink tons of hours into it. But I do that with everything. I feel like it's the game that star citizen has been making for the last decade or however yes. long star citizen, it, it feels like uh, no man's sky, but written. You know, it's it's uh, it's a lot of these games that have uh, that want to be this. It feels like, okay, we we actually made it now. If they actually did is another story. We haven't played the game. We don't know if that lives up. But that was my biggest question. If uh, listeners to the show will recall when stars Starfield um, was first discussed as as a concept we talked at length about it on this show and i said that is my biggest question is these games bethesda studios games are go anywhere do anything explore but it's so hard to do that planet sized and that what you tend to get are these mass effect type experiences where it's like, yeah, you're going to go to, you know, all these different planets, but a planet is one city. A planet is one spaceport, a planet. It's like, Oh, it's a planet, but you just go to one little location on it. It doesn't, it's not really a planet and it doesn't really feel uh, open, you know, no, uh, outer worlds. Right. Where it was like, Oh, these planets, but it was, you can only land here and here. Right. Right. Now, I think that it, that is the most compelling part of this entire presentation is no, no, no. This really is open. This really is explore the galaxy, land anywhere, do anything, uh, no man's sky style. But that raises a massive question to me of like, A, how did they accomplish that, right? How much of that is artists creating this thing and how much of it is procedurally generated? 
which, you know, even if it's procedurally generated, it can be really, really good. And it can be a combination of those things. It's not an either or necessarily. But is there going to be stuff that is actually interesting to discover in those places? Or is it just going to be like, hey, there's the one spaceport or the two spaceports. And then there's also a, a, a barren land where you can get into fights, uh, level up, mine resources, yeah. and do a bunch of, of sort of non-essential things. Are there going to be like the kinds of things you see in Bethesda games where you stumble upon something that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it tells you a little story. You know, you find a cave in Skyrim that isn't even on the map, but it's an interesting little cave that clearly the artists that were designing the game designed. Or, you know, in Fallout, I remember very specifically finding a a rooftop that had like a folding chair and a a, a, a baseball bat and a, and, a, and a bunch of baseballs. And then you could find the baseballs like, you know, far away, uh, yeah. n- you know, nearby. Like these little s- emergent stories that are crafted, are crafted, are not procedurally generated. Like, are is that going to be planet-sized? Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things that they did that kind of uh, bucks the common trend for um, – presentations like that is when they landed you know normally you expect them to do the slow walk look around and they did that for a second scan and then they just sprinted to the little spaceship and i was like oh they're sprinting which maybe not the best idea considering the performance wasn't particularly great but um it it was interesting it all it almost like raised a red flag in the back of my mind of oh are these planets just kind of like empty except for you know these buildings that have people in them or bad guys in them um, but that was prior to them saying, oh, there are so many planets. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to say, I found the buggiest planet in Starfleet. <laughs> the buggiest planet. Well, if it, it would be great if all the bugs were on one specific planet and you could just avoid <laughs> bug planet. You know? <laughs> it's the jank planet. Uh, it's called um, what? Clandathu. It's the bug planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A planet jank. Um Christian, I know uh, as Anthony raised the the performance issue, I know that was a big uh, a thing that you and I were texting back and forth. That was a big thing that you saw was uh, it did not look like the frame rate was super silky smooth. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, as, as I was watching the live stream and maybe there's a 64K, you know, YouTube video out now. I don't know. We were recording this the night or the evening after the, you know, the thing happened. Um, but certainly during the live presentation, it did not look, 60 frames per second smooth it also didn't look like it was a new engine it still looked like it was you know thomas the tank engine it, it really can and it thinks it can and it here it goes right like there, well, it's certainly a new engine for bethesda yeah I, it, it is it is a new engine they oh, talked yeah. about it at length about it has a name has a special code name a cool code name yeah how dare you kevin it's <laughs> it like I mean, that's I mean, they have a particular art style, but I think it is a new engine. I'm not I'm not sure how new it is just based. I, I don't know, but I'll I'll leave that aside and be happy to be wrong. Um, I, I am curious how it plays, you know, the performance. And I think the answer to the planet question, it has to be no. Right. Like, I'd love to be wrong, but it, it, it's it, it's inconceivable, you know, to quote uh a totally not same space, not a space movie at all. Um, but the idea of planets being fully built out in that way, man, I'd love to be wrong, but it's just, 
the flabbergasting if that if that's the case but also it is kind of the next natural evolution as anthony talked about you know with skyrim they were kind of that first studio to do the go anywhere do anything and back then in what 2011 i imagine that felt equally as no way not there's not yeah. going to be stuff between here and there that and there's what 300 or however many books uh in the game that don't have in skyrim that aren't like directly related to anything but are full books that are awesome (laughs) right you know these incredible stories that you can just get lost in and so i think if anyone has the pedigree to have done it it does seem like bethesda is that company as far-fetched as it might seem right now and then i think the other question is is the jank question because their games have launched with that, you know, lack of polish and at times were forgiven for how big and um, genre pushing they were. And I don't know if if people are as forgiving today, if it will be met with that same reception or not, or if it will be, you know, the next cyberpunk now that that has a memification to it. Um but man, it was it was aside from the frame rate stuff, I would say that this was a super impressive showing of this. It, it it did everything I think you kind of want it to do of like the faces look better, the customer uh, customer <laughs> player customization looked incredible. It it had, you know, engage I thought the combat looked engaging. It, it's shooty shoots. Really? It, you know, they didn't I show mean... powers and spears and swords and, and stuff like that. Um the ship designing I think is far more interesting to me personally than base building and fallout. I don't know why that seems more appealing to me than like you got fence build fence. And I'm like, okay, fence. (laughs) Like I like ship customization, uh, the idea of it. And then again, the planets go anywhere, do anything is just, it's just absurd. (laughs) Well, uh, Anthony, I want to dig into your pushback about the combat. I mean, you're a guy who plays a lot of, destiny is it is it because it's not sort of that level of space combat or, i mean i don't know i just i feel like that at least where the shooter bethesda games are concerned specifically fallout they have just sort of lagged behind in terms of delivering engaging combat and i think a lot of people that i saw discussing the game on twitter were saying well i'm not that that's like the last thing i'm coming to this game for is combat you know but to me, that seems like that's what I'm going to be doing the most outside yeah. of talking to people. Right. Um, it just I mean, they didn't even do a great job of, you know, of, to be honest, anything showing it, you know, gadgets or it was just three, two basic looking guns and then one gun that seemed kind of futuristic. But no, like, you know, you have a, a that robo buddy with you. He comes down and he fights or you can get inside of him and, you know, control him or something. Right. Um, there was there was nothing to um, give you that sense of, oh, wow, this combat seems like they took the criticisms about Fallout's shooter combat and improved upon it. It just seemed kind of generic to me. I I have to I think I fall more on your side on this one than, than Christian. I kept waiting. I was like, OK, well. They showed me some the combat, but that's that's probably just going to be the one way to do it. I can't wait for them to show me the VAT system of this game, or you know, the equivalent yeah. of of doing it in a different way, where I don't have to just run and gun. It'd be awesome. Just okay. Here, they're definitely going to show me the different way that the combat can be approached because you know 
in Skyrim, you've got magic, you've got swords, you've got bows and arrows, you've got stealth, you've got all, and I suspect there'll still be stealth and stuff uh, in, in, in this game, but they didn't show any of that. They didn't show yeah. any cool, weird thing. In Fallout, the VAT system is my favorite part of that entire game. Like that's, yeah. I love the VAT system. It's, I love it. I exclusively use it. Um, I almost never just run and gun in that game. Almost never. Um, they didn't hint at anything like that. I didn't expect them to do VATs exactly because that's sort of very much the identity of Fallout, even from back in the old Fallout days before it was a Bethesda game. But um, I was hoping for something else, like you're talking about, some other cool aspect of it that sets it apart that's not literally just like oh you're in a shooter for a few minutes and then you're in a bethesda game again yeah the hud the hud comes up and it was like oh he has 10 grenades i was like i wonder if those grenades do anything interesting no they're just grenades yeah they just explode and the bad guys they look pretty they look pretty generic you know they didn't uh you know at least have me fight like some alien creature give me give me something well, they showed, um, like, some dinosaur-looking stuff and some spidery-looking thingies, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, like, in the, I guess, in the demo, I should say. Yeah. But just to kind of give me a sense of, um, you know, for as much as I was not a big fan of Cyberpunk when it released, when they showed off that combat, they were like, look, this is, like, crazy well, sci-fi concepts. And, obviously, Starfield is not trying to be as out there with its sci-fi concepts, but I think in the year 20, whatever it is, 2330, uh, you, you should have something cool. I, I don't want to turn this into a cyberpunk versus Starfield, you know, release sure. <laughs> analysis per se. But also when they showed cyberpunk, you were wall running and doing a bunch of things. that. Yeah, but that, I, I mean, just never... like anything, I don't know, an anti-gravity grenade or something like put them on, put us on a planet where there is low gravity. So the character jumps really high or every yeah. time you, you kill one of the bad guys, they, they float off into space or some, something that gave it a personality that it really felt like it just a, a Call of Duty sequence. For me, yeah. I feel like this was a, I mean, this was the first gameplay showing we've, we've had of this game, right? Sure. And I think the the big mic drop moments were the ship building, ship combat, and the- Which also didn't look great. Go no, anywhere. Agree, agree. The ship combat, I, I, got, I got real worried about that, even more than the, I mean, because if you can do a shooter, and it can be a bland shooter, and it can still be fun, because you're just doing shootery shoots, but man, ship, space combat- can be really tedious if it's not great you know i'm shocked that i'm uh, uh, before i say this i looked it up it's the creation engine 2 which from i understand is maybe not an all new engine but isn't creation engine it's kind of like it's our new modified engine of creation engine creation engine 2 so looks like i was you know at least partially if not completely wrong on on the engine though it looked like of their engine, if that makes sense. But I feel like I'm kind of shocked that I, I feel like between the three of us, I may be the most hyped for how they showed it. I don't know. I came away sure. from that Starfield 15 minutes being like, dang, they, they showed 15 minutes. They showed a lot. It looked impressive. It looked broad in scope in a way that, you know, I, I guess I, I got uh, Skyrim chills again in all those same ways of like, this is bigger and more complete than any RPG I've maybe seen to date. And it's not doing the Breath of the Wild thing, right? It's not trying that approach of like, it's big in terms of 
figuring out these physics puzzles. It's big in terms of galaxies or whatever. I thought it it blew me away. It it really did. I I am, you know, if you would let me play it right now, I I would forsake all others. You you know what I'm saying? I would forsake all others. I I would say, yes, I will not play any of the other games on that list if you let me play that. I I am very hyped for that game. But, you know, it's funny, Christian, that you bring up cyberpunk because I feel like I'm in this like post cyberpunk fool me once, fool me twice kind of a situation where I'm looking for the flaws right now instead of instead of getting into that, like, oh, my God, it's a new IP. It's promising the world. And it's Bethesda. Multiple, who, multiple world. world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but I don't even think it's a, it's a cyberpunk <laughs> element. It's a Bethesda element. I mean, name the last Bethesda game studios game that released that what didn't have issues. Fallout Shelter. Uh, that's not a Bethesda game studios game, I don't think. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that we've always been wary of like, okay, well, this i think this could have tons of jank we talked about it and um i don't even worry about that i i'm worried about in in the wake of cyberpunk i'm worried about entire game systems that are half-baked or aren't aren't as fun as i would want you know and i think that when i look at the ship combat what they showed i was like that does not look fun that doesn't look fun i agree Um, with you yeah uh, and I was like, how, how much of the game is that? Like, what do you do? You know, I, I, there are whole games that just try to do that and, and have a hard time nailing it, you know, instead of just one little facet of this much huger game. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I am rooting for this game. I want it to be a star, Skyrim again in space for sure. I want to have the love that I've had for all these Bethesda Studios games. I mean, it's, yeah. they are some of my favorite games ever. Um, but I, I I do have some serious worries about the systems as shown. Now, maybe they're holding stuff back. Maybe there's really cool things that your ship can do that we haven't seen, or there's really cool weapon systems or upgrades that y- you know you get to. And I thought the story stuff looked incredible. You know, like, yeah, give me into that question of yeah, what is going on in the galaxy and all these people and factions and uh, different kinds of planets. And and, uh, and we didn't see like a single alien culture or, or, or race in the in the game. Maybe that's a surprise that will come out at some point. Maybe you're discovering a first contact type of a situation. That would be really fun. And And, and I think that immediately has a one-up over things like No Man's Sky. I I have a lot of respect and admiration for No Man's Sky, but a storytelling game, it is not, right? And they never set out to make one. They added more story as it went on, but, um, you know, and and I don't even think Star Citizen, as it currently is constituted, is really that. Um, There's like another game that's a story game. I don't know. I don't don't understand that whole (laughs) ecosystem. But, like... I'm in on the discovery, the worlds, the people you'll meet, the, the, the conversations, like all the things that I love about Bethesda Studios games, I am very confident about. It's just the like core gameplay loop stuff that Anthony's talking about that I'm also like, oh man, there is, from what was shown, there is definitely a possibility that that stuff 
won't be as dynamic and interesting and compelling as it could be, I think. Yeah. Yeah, when they showed it, it was interesting because I thought to myself, "Oh, if this game came out this year, it wouldn't win. It would. It wouldn't be my number one." And I expected it to rival, my, but there's no. I, it would not rival. Not when Shredder's Revenge based, is next week. Yeah, based yeah. on yeah, based on based <laughs> on what I saw and like you know just based on that first impression, it was like no. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I am know. curious. I, uh, sorry, I was gonna say I am. It's it. How do I frame this? It's interesting like how do you make fallout separated from the vat system you know like is that combat fun and for folks who played fallout without using the vat i wonder if they saw starfield and were like giddy up because it kind of looked like that you know like people had that criticism of fallout uh three where they said you know playing it without vats is nearly impossible because it's like dice rolls on my on my bullets so then they made fallout four you could play it as a shooter right. and it was fine as a shooter, but that's is just more a more interesting system. And so if we don't have a VAT system, I think you need to find something to make it stand out, at least in terms of the gameplay. I, I know the criticism is constantly going to be, well, that's such a small slice of the game, but in your mind it is. But to, I think in terms of percentages of what you're going to be doing, you're going to be shooting a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. in my mind, I'm just mad that whoever played that demo left all that ore in the cave. Like, <laughs> there was so much ore still there. And they're like, I got one. I was like, what are you doing? It's the rest of the demo is finishing that cave. I mean, that's the problem with the 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 future setting for a game like this is that it, it feels like it sort of demands being a shooter. And I was I was in the back of my mind hoping that Bethesda figured out some interesting approach that wasn't shootering, you know, because... You know, to reiterate what I just said a few minutes ago, one of the things I love about Oblivion and Morrowind and Skyrim and all the Elder Scrolls games is that I walk into a cave and I hear the echoes of some bad guys doing stuff in there. And I have all these awesome options about how I'm going to handle that. You know, I have this really cool choice to make about how what i'm going to do and and how i'm going to take them down and 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 you know all the different ways i can express my character and maybe that's not yet revealed in in starfield maybe there are a lot of different ways to express your character beyond the 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 visual of them you know because obviously there's a lot of character creation options and and customization that way but i want to be able to you know, enter that situation and have more options than just pointing a gun at them and, and shooting them. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm confident they will because it's been such a big part of their games in the past, but it, they didn't show it, you know? Yeah. There was no hint at that. How did, yeah. how I, did, oh, sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think that they were very much betting on the other elements, which are very impressive. And I will certainly yeah. probably put a ton of time into this game. Um, I don't want it to seem like, oh, well, I'm immediately dismissing it. It just, um, this is a studio that is uh, set a high bar for excellence. And so when you show me a bunch of present of elements of your game, I don't expect some to to blow me away and others for me to just kind of say, eh, it, I was really disappointed in the combat. Yeah. Well, we don't know when it's coming out. 
Uh, I mean, they had that date at the end of this year. They were so confident about it. And now the next 12 months, Jeff, the next yeah, they said everything months. they showed is then 12. So before yeah, June before 12th the holiday, I mean, before the summer, I guess. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. yeah. Until it's not guys until yep. it's not, <laughs> which know? is interesting. It, I mean, I, I think it is interesting that none of they say their goal is that none of the games they showed are holiday games, 2023, which then yeah. it's like, What's their holiday 2020? I know. What a slate. What a sl- and and you know, again to bury the lead, but I guess it, it's it's so much the lead that it's we become a broken record about it. Game Pass, you guys, is just it's just an an insane deal. Like the 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 value proposition of Game Pass I mean, it, it, it gets tiresome to keep saying it over and over again, but it's it's wild how much of the stuff here is just part of your subscription. I mean, Starfield is just part of the subscription, you know? Yeah. It's wild. It was wild so tiresome because they kept showing that that same bumper every two yes. seconds. And it was like, well, yeah, I get it now. But you have to confirm it for me or else people will go, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it's not. Well, that's what they ran into the opposite of that when they showed their, like, here's our next 12 months slate or whatever. And it was all these games and like 95% of them had the Game Pass banner on it. But like it also showed Resident Evil 4 and it yeah. showed um, uh, Dead Space. And like yeah. in my Twitter timeline, it was like Dead Space Game Pass because like the assumption was just everything was. So it is and it's yeah. like, oh, no, that's one of the three. That's not. Yeah. But everything else, it's just and, and I think, Jeff, you tweeted this out, too the how many of them were console pc and cloud like tripling down on their platforms and not shying away from it i think we talked about it last year where they put forza horizon 5 and halo on cloud and it's like these are our biggest games we've said that cloud maybe isn't the best way to play it we're gonna put them there under that potential microscope and they continue to do that with all these big games giving people access to them almost any and every way that they possibly can it's it's jaw-dropping yeah i think one of the low-key biggest announcements of the entire presentation is like we partnered with riot like all riot games are on the and not only are they on game pass the stuff that we microtransaction you into is just part of game pass it's that's i mean there's obviously still tons of cosmetic microtransactions and all kinds of other microtransactions in those games but like the core get the heroes in league of legends the core you know get the cards in uh that card game it's it's wild to me it's wild to me that a company that bought blizzard also gets into a deal like this with riot which is basically the biggest competitor to blizzard (laughs) it's bonkers and any other year, I mean, I feel like that's people falling out of their chairs. React. It's yes. like when Xbox trotted out Square and they're like, and we have a Final Fantasy. And everybody was like throwing their headsets like, no, what? And now it's just like in the middle of a jam-packed presentation, it was, and we have Riot Games coming. And then, like you said, it's not just Riot Games. It's every character, every hero. Every, and it's just, I don't know which way those checks are going. Yeah, but like who who benefits moly. who? I don't know. Yeah, it is it is a very interesting question. Like who's paying whom in that situation? I assume Microsoft is paying them, but like, but then uh, getting <laughs> getting a percentage of every microtransaction that happens then through the Xbox it's, platform. Yeah, probably. I mean that. It, I mean it's 
That's massive. It's it's massive. It's uh, I think that is going to end up being a, a really big big deal. Uh, League of Legends, League of Legends, Wild, uh, what is it? Wild Rift, uh, Legends of Runeterra, Team Fight Tactics, and Valorant, all on Xbox Game Pass with tons of content that you would have to pay for in the free to play versions, packed in. Uh, just just wild stuff. It feels like it's the definitive way to play those games. Um. Like if if I were going to recommend someone start playing Valorant now, I'd be like, you do it on Game Pass. Yes, you can still micro, you know, tweak your character by gun dongles or whatever. But I feel like if you're going to start those games, that's the way you do it now. Like there can't, there, there's no reason to use the Riot Launcher <laughs> for, for those games. Yeah. Um. So it, it, interestingly, uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda coming to roost in this presentation, it bookended. The presentation, obviously, we started with uh, Starfield, uh, which was the big end 15-minute, you know, massive deep dive. But it started off the presentation with Redfall, the other big delayed Bethesda property. Uh, I'm so curious, Anthony, what you thought of Redfall from what we saw. We saw a gameplay trailer, uh, vampires, definitely not zombies, they behave completely different than zombies, Anthony. <laughs> completely different than zombies. Completely different than zombies. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I love Dishonored and I love Arcane's games. Uh, and I am, uh, pun intended, a big sucker for vampires. Um, <laughs> so the combination of, of that sold. Um, I do feel like arcane makes or with dishonored they made the type of game that i was interested in and then they kept moving further away from that like obviously arcane austin who made redfall didn't or is making redfall didn't make death loop right but death loop incorporates those elements but in a packaging that maybe i wasn't sold on and same thing with this an open world co-op type of game i just want a story driven thing where i can use powers and and also shooty shoot um but then, you know, the presentation continued on and there was, you know, it said you could play completely solo and it gave a sense that there is a story. And I saw a menu that looked like I could get some loot and, you know, I love me some loot. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I have a I have a sneaky suspicion this is going to be one of my uh, most anticipated games of next year uh, when everything shakes out uh, and I'll probably end up loving it. And I everything I saw looked really cool. It just. Yeah, it was that element of, eh, I wish it was a different package, but uh, I, still, vampires, cool, powers, cool, the guns are cool. And the powers themselves are not like just the typical arcane powers of the teleport. And then this, <clears throat> it was like, here's an elevator that launches you into the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different than a teleport. It's an Anthony, Anthony, you need to start a Twitter account instead of like, can you pet the dog? And it's like... uh is there loot? Can I get loot? Is there loot? <laughs> Is there loot? I, I mean, yeah. I did that one part where it's like, it's a blood bag. Don't shoot it. It'll explode. I was like, that's every zombie. Okay. But okay. It's vampires. It's vampires. It's sure. not. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it look cool. It look cool. Christian, are you into Redfall? I am. I, I mean, I, I texted you as well to, I don't know if we'll do the full like comparison of this showcase to Summer Games Fest. It's, it's, it doesn't, it's. Uh, this was an awesome. It, it doesn't compare. Keely has adopted all of them. He just puts the hashtag on everything. It all yeah, belongs well, that, to him. 
just like people talked about like who won Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, like this destroyed the summer games fest. And yeah. like, oh, you can only work with what you were given. And I don't know if maybe because like the console maker maybe has more power to dictate what I think that's type 100% of trailer true. their studios make. I think that's 100% true. They can, they can craft this and have a hands-on and go to these studios and decide which thing is it. And, and, and you know, Keeley's most likely getting what he can get and trying to figure out how to uh, sort that deck, you know? And I wonder if that type of presentation is worth it, to be perfectly honest, because this and then when studios are able to, I mean, I'm sure it is for some devs, that type of presentation, because they can get more eyeballs on it. But I feel like if you can do a focused featured thing, like what Xbox did here was incredible. And I thought the hosts or the the people on stage were really well done as well, because it was the devs. It wasn't awkward conversations, exchanges about like, Jeff, I'd love to see that. And I'd love to show you more about it. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see that. And I'd love to tell you, keep your eye out. It was the devs who worked on it, who would then intro it a little bit and give you a little nugget about something as they transition to the next trailer. And it was yeah. gameplay. Who would have yeah. thought, you know, just gameplay after gameplay after gameplay, showing you what these games were about. Well-paced, and diversified. That, that's the key is that it wasn't groups of things that looked like it, them, you know, everything was bookended by things that were different and you kept getting switched up and it felt like, Oh my gosh. And, and Xbox is going to have this kind of game. And Oh my gosh, that looks so different. And Oh wow. And, and, and Oh, we're in a deep dive now on Forza. And Oh, now we're kind of just doing this quick hit trailer. It just, it felt like so dynamic and interesting throughout. And I think yeah. because like the Forza is a great example because it was the devs doing the deep dive. Like, I think that'd feel weird if it was like, me as the host of that presentation doing it it seems a little chillier as like and now you can see this and let's see this yeah. but there it's the people who worked on it saying uh zing uh in in track ray tracing which is a nice the forza and, and gran turismo the way they dig at each other is classic um but yeah just just phenomenal in terms of the actual presentation the reason yeah. i thought of that now to bring it up as we're talking about redfall is Again, I find it unfortunate that I cannot share these biggest, hypiest events of my favorite things in the world, video games, with my kids. This presentation started with words I won't say on this podcast, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like um, gore I, yeah. and lots of gore. It was. I think yeah. you texted me like "Good morning" <laughs> or whatever. When I it did. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, I mean, I understand wanting to start with uh, an anticipated game from a big studio, but it's like. Hey, uh, oh, 10 a.m. Waking up, uh, putting the sleepy bugs out of my eyes. Oh, it's Redfall. <laughs> you know, it's like, can we uh, ease into the, you know, I don't know. Okay. All right. But I thought go. it looked great. I, I agree with Anthony. It does seem like it's maybe taking some death loop leanings of like, you have the tower, the pier, the dock, the whatever. And like you approach those areas, you know, whichever, which way, but it's got powers and guns, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. And if they can handle, if co-op is done well, like I would love if it's additive, but not does it I don't feel dumb playing without it. Like Borderlands 2, you know, is one of the best at it. Uh and then it's Ilk that came after. It was great to play with friends and it was great to solo. And Anthony, yes, there was loot. So if this is some semblance of that, I think it could be huge. With with arcane level design, love it. Um there is so much here to get to and so many games that i was excited about and didn't know about and and just there there's a lot and we'll try to get to as much of it as possible we're not gonna be able to get to every game i do want to start going and just 
asking you guys uh, games that that intrigued you personally, and we'll, we'll just sort of do it like that out of order. But before we do that, you know, Anthony, I asked you about Redfall Christian. I touched on it briefly, but I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts about the two Forza games. The well, one you know, new Forza Motorsport, which I guess doesn't have a subtitle yet, um, and and then Hot Wheels for Forza Horizon. So tell me, I know you're a huge Forza fan, so tell me what your uh, reactions to those were. The Forza Motorsport section was incredible. Again, the, the subtle jab at uh, you know polyphony and, and ray tracing on track you know was the was the yeah, thing that not just in replace man right which grand Trigo 5 does not have and the damage modeling which looks like it's maybe just modeling and doesn't affect on track but they're like on the rims on the blah, 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 and like and then they also going back to one of their og digs showed a car uh flipping which years ago, Gran Turismo was like, you can't model it. If we're going to do the accurate modeling, you can't flip a car. And then Gran Tur- Forza was like, hold my beer, let's flip a car. Um, I love I love stuff like that. They I, Competition makes both better. And the camera work of like, the, they did like a one-shot trailer, you know, of Forza Motorsport that I thought was incredible with the real-time, time of day changing, the telemetry, affecting the telemetry on the track. I am very excited for forza motorsport which you know before i'd kind of gotten a little burnt out on the series um where it just felt i knew what it was going to be each time and they kind of kept making it prettier but not necessarily making it bigger uh or more interesting and this looks like it it is in a lot of ways and then the hot wheels expansion for Wait, forza horizon oh go before ahead. you go there I, I just to comment that uh as you know somebody who's not as into this stuff uh the the dynamic day and night felt like haven't games been doing dynamic day and night like for literally 20 years i don't that doesn't it didn't seem super impressive uh i i mean it looked pretty but i i didn't it it was like okay well okay all right well sometimes it's nighttime and sometimes it's daytime uh and then the other thing that i that, that struck me as funny i mean i think it was a very impressive showing don't get me wrong but it did strike me as funny there was a line at the beginning where it's like 38 times the fin- physics modeling. I'm like, that's a nonsense phrase. It has literally no meaning. Like, what is that even? What do you, you just throw that out there? Like, oh, 38 more physics. Wow. It's a player satisfaction poll, Jeff. It's a made up thing to, you know, please people. And I please me a lot. I want more yeah. physics, you know? I mean, this but, is the same company that does teraflops. <laughs> right, it's true. Uh, but I was flipping out of my chair for Hot Wheels in Forza Horizon. Hot Wheels was my favorite expansion for, I think it was Forza Horizon 3 had the first Hot Wheels expansion, and it was incredible. The tracks were redonkulous. Um, I, I didn't think we were going to get it again because Hot Wheels did the excellent Their own Hot game. Wheels. Yeah, Hot Wheels Unleashed, which is yeah. good. And you're playing with actual Hot Wheels, and it has a different scale, but it's a great arcade racer. And so I, I didn't think we'd get this DLC. We did or are going to, and it looks absolutely incredible. It looks as bonkers as you'd want it to be with loops and shortcuts and super creative track builds. It fits the Forza horizon franchise so incredibly well, but I wasn't sure. And, and I hadn't gone and looked back. I don't think it's with the game pass version of the game. I think like before it's a paid, it is not, no, yeah, the paid expansion, but uh, I think it's w- worth it. I imagine it will be worth it. If it's anything like the last one, it's, you know, it's hard to like buy it because there's so much content in Forza Horizon already 
that people probably haven't seen. But the Hot Wheels stuff, I feel like, turns it to 11. It does the you know zany antics even bigger than they did before, and it, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it really does. I mean, just that shot of like all these crazy tracks like hovering in the air. I was like, oh, that looks super fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, all right. So Anthony Taormina, uh, of the stuff we haven't talked about, which is there's a ton. Uh, do you have a, a standout game you want to focus on? Um, I mean, ooh, it's uh, I well, there's a lot of stuff that's like particular to me that I guess we would like the long fallen dynasty from team ninja yeah I, I, yeah i i love the team ninja like uh their souls like games neo um that they've made so this look that looked really interesting to me um I, the game that i think keeps sticking in the back of my mind is uh flintlock mm. um it was uh the siege of like dawn a, yeah she has she has like a you know, a flint pistol and a axe. And it's mm. made by the same developers that made this game called Ashen, which is like a souls, like yeah. uh, a cooperative souls, like that. I really enjoyed. Uh, so yeah, that's the one that probably stood out the most. There were quite a few like soulsy games or, or going for that vibe um, that I'm intrigued by. Uh, and then scorn is going to gross me out, but yeah, scorn is the like HR Geiger, the game basically you know yes which you there was one there's a shot in scorn where it looked like they edited out <laughs> something there's a it, it, like the camera pans down and there's like this umbilical cord and then the hand comes and like yanks on it and they cut away before what happens and i was like thank you for cutting away <laughs> Thank you for yeah, because when they initially introduced that game, they were just like, look at all this H.R. Geiger inspired, you know, art. And then this is the first time we really see the combat. And it was like, oh, that's gross. Oh, yeah, this, this is really gross. Oh, this is really gross. <laughs> um, but hey, it's a game coming out this year. So, yeah. Woo. yeah, I want to circle back to Flintlock for a bit. I texted you, Jeff, during it that it looked I got like God of War meets Assassin's Creed vibes from it. Yeah, I, I, I guess think that you're going to be killing God or she, her goal is to kill a God. So very much like that. Yeah. And has the axe throw as as her alt. And yeah, I like the powers that you could, you know, like kind of warping between these um, triangle auras. I'm not sure, yeah. but the, the combat looked fun. It looked fluid. It looked dynamic. It didn't look quite as punishing as Ashen was at times with that kind of more Souls-esque combat. This looked like a little more free-flowing. Um, and I loved the scene where she... Uh, like jumped off the roof um, and like ground pounded. Like a, a you had like this area of effect and all these enemies staggered back. It looks like something where they encourage rushing in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it looked pretty too. I mean, again, it wasn't the best graphic. It wasn't Unreal Engine 5 tech demo graphics, but right. it, it looked good and it looked fluid and it was a surprise. It was something that I, you know, didn't have on my radar at all before. Yeah. Um uh, man, there's a whole bunch of games that I could I could bring up. Yes, but since you guys went with Flintlock, I think I'll I'll do another lock game. Stay with the lock themes. Ravenlock, uh, which looked really charming, really cool art style. It was like this sort of very highly detailed pixely thing where it's in 3D, fully 3D game, but everything kind of has this pixely look to it. Um, I've never seen it 
uh, it's almost like uh, Minecraft. If the the blocks in Minecraft were much much tiny, more like voxels, um, it, it it looked really pretty, and it just had this whimsy and and sort of this fairy tale uh, look and feel to it. That immediately I was like, I want to play that. It's not not until uh, twenty twenty three Ravenlock, but um, really leapt out at me as something visually arresting and and the kind of you know third person action adventure kind of fairy tale game that that i always love playing so that's ravenlock it looked alice in wonderlandy in a yeah. Yeah. you know inspired way and then when like the queen of hearts snake or whatever comes out at the end i was like yeah. oh this is also terrifying like it's not, <laughs> yeah 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 it looked great and again to the testament of the showcase it was very different it wasn't a space zombie desolate yes thing so and many the different kinds of, of xbox it's on game pass so even if it maybe isn't going to be good you could try it out anyway try it out anyways i mean that's the theme of this entire showcase um clearly sci-fi and space is a massive zeitgeist uh for the for the you know kind of genre for the uh industry right now because even even in the pc game show uh the summer game fest here there's a dearth of uh of fantasy of you don't we didn't really see very many uh fantasy games and very many you know sort of tolkien-esque um stuff set in that setting it was all sci-fi 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 which i think is very very interesting i i'm sure there's a cultural uh moment in our history kind of explanation for all that um but Another game that I had never heard, you know, I had no idea about world premiere, but immediately got me interested is, is High on Life, which yeah. is that Rick and Morty, uh, Justin Roiland, um, <laughs> where the guns talk to you, where the knife talks to you, uh, just looks absurd in all the best ways. And it's soon of all of these. It's- yeah, 2022. And we haven't heard a, a, a whiff of this game. And yet it is coming out this year. Another game where it looks colorful and vibrant and different. You know, the, the art style is just so unique. All the enemies look just bizarre and unlike anything you've ever encountered before. It has this almost this claymation look to it um, that I found to be really, really cool. Uh, I mean, I just. These things where the art direction is so has such a an identity and that identity feels fresh and different man immediately leap out to me and high on life uh, certainly did I, I have a feeling it's going to be very funny and weird yeah I, I wasn't fully sold on it i was like oh eh, this could get annoying and then he pulled out the knife and i was like okay yeah i'm on board <laughs> the, the knife brought me on board i think yeah. to that end of, of looks and there's at least two other games that I want to highlight, but this one in particular, yeah. as we're talking about visual style is the last case of Benedict Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just, I mean, it's, it's 2d kind of platforming. So it has that going forward already where I'm like, Oh, I'm on board with that. That looks fantastic. But then like the weird, creepy kind of dark soul sucking part of it, where it's like, you're being yeah, haunted. It's got like a Cthulhu kind of thing going on. Yeah, it just absolutely blew me away. And I, I don't want to really transition to the next one yet. Because again, it's a game that I kind of had no idea about. It's not as if people were 
we had seen it before and we were seeing it with a pretty good chunk of gameplay kind of showing you what you'd be doing. And I love the way that it, at least for me, my takeaway and Anthony, maybe this was just me. I feel like maybe you're bad. (laughs) I always think it's interesting when it's like, Oh, maybe you're bad. it's, It's hard to, the sense I got is like, he's entering people's dreams or like entering their mind. And, and so maybe it's not that you're bad. You're just like, you're using powers within like a kind of fantasy or mindscape idea. And, and maybe you just have to kind of like resort to harsher tactics, but I, I was really impressed with it as well. It looks really cool. It again, another game where if they had showed it at a different presentation, I might've said, okay, that seems neat. I'll try and remember it, but it's on game pass. It's uh, I'm going to play it. The the end is sold. Yeah, again, another 2023 game, the last case of Benedict Fox, but uh, really cool to, you know, sort of two and a half D side scrolling. Uh, like you said, Christian, really cool art direction. The the characters are all these kind of elongated, uh, very stylized uh, animation style. Uh, and then, it, it, yeah, like it's, it gets dark. It gets that like a Lovecraftian kind of uh is this person going mad? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's got a really, it was a very striking trailer. I thought it was a great trailer. Yeah. It's like you didn't, it starts off and it's like this evil voice and you think, Oh, that's going to be the enemy. And then later in the trailer, it says something like, I can show you the way. And then you're like using these tentacles that come out of your back and it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, then the character's dad, it just seems like it has all of the things that uh, I'm kind of drawn to in a lot of games. And it reminded me, I got, you know, inside style vibes from it, which I think is interesting because there's the other game that I wanted to call out that I thought looked awesome is from that, I guess like the lead developer on inside and it's cocoon, Mm -hmm. which looks phenomenal. It doesn't look anything like inside. Exactly. It doesn't (laughs) look anything like inside. It's, you know, kind of bright and it looks like it's a puzzle game um, a little bit more, but, my head kind of hurt watching that trailer. Like, I don't know if you all were able to follow like which beads did what or, or what yeah. happened one way or the other, but it, it looked complex and, and intricate in a really cool way. Yeah. yeah the it's a, uh, it had elements of that box game where it's like, you're in a box and it was inside a box, which is inside a box. Yeah. yeah. That's cocoon. Uh, Anthony, do you have uh, another one that you want to, call out or any any part of this presentation announcement i mean i thought a plague tale i was already sold on a plague tale i really really liked the first game i thought this uh next one looked like the game itself uh, the original plague tale uh it it maybe was a little rough around the edges this looked much sharper uh had a really really uh great kind of style to it a little more violent i don't remember a plague tale i remember her being kind of like a you know, an unwilling participant and how she took out the bad guys. This was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be working yeah. some fools, which seems um, like a theme perhaps of the game where she was like the moment in the trailer where she's like, what am I doing? Yeah, right? Is this me? But then also trying to get her brother to kill too. It's like, do it. It, uh, uh yeah. Intense. Yeah. Having him like saying, Hey, you got to unleash your, you can control rats thing that you do. Um, <laughs> and then I guess the other thing that I don't know if we want to like talk about it last is, but Kojima, Working on the Xbox game. 
big news, man. That's 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 kind of megaton uh, megaton grade announcement. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, obviously, he wasn't announcing anything specific, and and he even specifically said, "I'm just sort of getting started on this," but specifically calls out uh, the cloud technology as being uh, the impetus yeah. for doing this idea that he's had percolating. Which makes for a me long nervous <laughs> because it's like, man, this guy and his technological obsessions. Are we going to have some sort of weird thing where you know? I'm going to have to be in the cloud and I'm going to have to play it. You know, I don't want to. Don't make me. <laughs> don't make me. Um, but what's funny is, is one, we had heard that Kojima was partnering with Xbox for like two years. And then not too long ago, they actually, there was a leaked trailer of like for this game, supposedly, uh, or maybe it's a different game that Kojima was working on. So it was kind of like they set this all up and it was this moment that I think if you were following the leaks and stuff, you were robbed of, which would have been really crazy. Hmm. But yeah, when Phil Spencer started talking about it, it was like, Oh, this is the Kojima thing. And then we didn't see the trailer. I was like, well, I've seen a trailer for your game, Kojima. What are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, anything he makes, I'm going to be intrigued by Sure. Um, whether or not I'm going to like it after Death Stranding. I don't know if that guy should have free reign, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the text messages between uh, him and Keeley were like. It's like, I thought we had something well, special. I was, I was look. So when the presentation happened, I was looking at him and he didn't, he had poker face. Poker face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he knew amazing. it was coming. It's an Xbox deal. <laughs> he he understands. Uh, it's fun to see Kojima though, like in Kojima Productions, expanding, and I think they are becoming a multi-game studio. Um, Norman Reedus already said that Death Stranding Two is happening. Yeah, <laughs> there's maybe that horror game that also might have been that other trailer, and and this cloud tech. Uh, I think it's fun when people. Yeah, again, Anthony, like you, I might not like the end result, but I like when these minds yeah. are unlocked. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they signed this deal two years ago and they were like, okay, as soon as this pandemic is over, we want to trot you out on stage. Okay, 2021. Okay, this pandemic's not going away. All right, 2020. Okay, we got it. You know, at some point, we're going to have to file some paperwork and somebody's going to find some official paperwork. So we're just going to have to record a thing. Because can you imagine Kojima walking out on an Xbox stage and just the... Yeah. I mean, the people were losing their mind in the little fan fest I was in and they couldn't even see him. (laughs) That's wild. I mean, this is also. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, you go ahead. I was going to transition. I was say this is like just another megaton in this conference. Again, like the riot thing. I think if it were a live in-person E3 style presentation, people would have been throwing their you know keyboards into the air, and then Kojima trotting out, and then a huge gameplay thing. It's just, I was blown away. Along those same lines, I mean, it felt wild to me to have Blizzard games in this presentation as well. Uh, I mean, I guess I should have expected it, but I mean, it's just wild to have overwatch Two to have a, have a open beta date this year, which is, I, I think that's shocking. I didn't think that game was going to, anybody was gonna be playing that game in 2022, October 4th, relatively early uh, is going to be the early access beta for overwatch Two, And, uh, and then Diablo 4 had a big sort of deep dive presentation revealing the Necromancer class, which looks pretty sick. And uh, I mean, that game clearly, you know, is a, a little farther out, but they said sooner than you think or something like along those lines, like, you know, soon-ish. And uh, it, it makes me go, 
why am I wasting my time with this Diablo Immortal stuff? Like, yeah, that's I, the game I want. That's the game I want. Sooner because we want you to forget about Diablo Immortal. <laughs> the best part about that presentation was when Rod Ferguson, like, comes on and it's like, I, you can only imagine that guy's like, he's like Al Pacino in The Godfather where he's like, just when I think I'm out, they bring me back <laughs> in. <laughs> so like, true. I can't get away from this company. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, they did reiterate after the presentation that it is going to be a full-priced game with cosmetic microtransactions and paid expansions. Like, it will be the traditional way that they have monetized Diablo. It will not have any of the trappings of Diablo Immortal. Um, and it just looks incredible. Like, they added open-world stuff. I mean, it's it's all stuff we knew about already with Diablo 4, but just seeing that extended gameplay sequences and the Necromancer and having all the classes announced now and that game looks so good uh man want and it has loot it has it does have loot it does have loot and it will be on game pass probably you know and i don't like need that's... to pay money to open the chest to get the loot i can just get the loot <laughs> um another game i will bring up uh that i actually think i might really like it's so different, and but it just looked fascinating to me, is Pentiment, which is the Obsidian Entertainment game, 2D stylized, almost like this storybook, history book kind of thing, but really dark and interesting and so um, so unlike anything I've ever seen. The only thing that I was like, oh, I hope there's an option to turn this off is when they showed the dialogue and it's like the whole dialogue is there, but then it like fills in. <laughs> I was like, oh, that hurts my eyes to look at. How did that get past QA? <laughs> yeah, I hope it's yeah, like it being voiced and you can skip it if you just read it already, you know? Yeah, just something. let me push a button or let me just put a setting in the options of like, just put it all up in the black text rather than the white outline that gets slowly filled up by black text. Um, but other than that, what a... What a strange concept. What a fascinating idea. This this um this historical kind of, you know, you're this um gentleman scientist like working on cadavers and learn and, and painting and and uh just a fascinating idea. And it as when it started, I was like, oh, this looks kind of quirky. I don't know if I'm gonna, but then it kept going and going. I was like, I think I might love this game. And yeah, it's an which is crazy. Yeah. When it started, I kept thinking like, oh, what a cool art style for their cutscenes!" And right. I thought it would like zoom out then and show you like a third person action game. <laughs> like, oh, here we go. Right. And then it stayed in it. And then the end where it's like the, the murder mystery happens and yeah, that yeah, has the trappings of a very interesting um, story. And the picture itself is like a guy painting with his head on fire or something like some dark stuff's happening. In Wild. Game, right. Just a, it's such an interesting, different and I love that that uh, Obsidian is able to do these side projects. You know, even Grounded is kind of like that side project. Um, it doesn't feel like a mainline Obsidian game, but man, it was so interesting and different. I just love that. Um, I, I, I want to ask you guys, this is a game we've seen before, but I think we got a lot more of it this time. Uh, I want to ask you guys about As Dusk Falls. Anthony, what do you make of that game? It's such so different... Uh, this yeah, is the, I, um, the the sort of branching storytelling narrative that almost looks like a uh, animated, um, barely animated graphic novel. Yeah, I I wasn't really sure 
what to make of it at first. It, it, I don't know. It didn't really hook me initially, but then it seems like the concept is, you know, something happens and it's how it affects these different characters. And then it, it seems like different people can play those different characters. And the more they kind of talked about it, the more I was like, Meh. you know, I mean, one, it comes out soon. So, Hey, a video game, I'm always <laughs> willing to play a video game. Um, but yeah, it, it, it surprised me the more it went on at first. I, um, wasn't initially sold on it. I thought the art, the art style is really cool. The way it, you know, it moves and it kind of like transitions and it's, uh, um, it, it's almost like, it's hard to even describe, like you're flipping pages in a graphic novel, like you said. Yeah. Um, and that element I thought looked cool, but the story itself, I wasn't quite sold on it, but then when it started to get a little deeper, I, I you know, um, I, I am intrigued enough to say I will most likely play it. Christian, I, I, what do you think of it? I mean, I feel like this is going to be a very divisive game, not for everybody, but uh, I know you're such a fan of uh, comic book and comic book storytelling. It feels like it it has some of that DNA in it. Yeah, and I love the way they positioned it, right? They didn't say it's the game's going to blow. They pitched it as, I forget what they said, but like an emotional presentation or something like that mm. like it's it, it's meant to be this story that it tells you and then they've kind of showed the branching paths that you could have for the characters um in that story i think it's super compelling i think it's something that you know video games can really only do and you know netflix is trying with bandersnatch and stuff like that that would be more traditional movie style choose your own adventure or something like that but this yeah. seems like it could be a very interesting evolution of what made um, the Walking Dead Telltale games interesting to me. Yeah. It's like, I didn't care that I walked my character around the derelict uh, convenience store and found the pills in the 3D rendered environment in The Walking Dead. The thing that I liked were those excruciating choices of what happens to Clementine or who do I give the granola bar to? Yeah. And As Dusk Falls seems like it could be built around that. And maybe they showed this before too, and I just kind of forgot but I'm much more interested in the mystery now that I know it's this, uh, at least I think it looks like it's a fairly big time jump between the event at the motel and when the th stuff hits the fan for all these people. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's super compelling. This idea of like, you think you got away with it, <laughs> you yeah. know? And then like, like the, <laughs> the per the poor person who like committed the last crime when they collected DNA and then they discovered how to sequence DNA. This person before is like, took a shower in the shower, you know, and like <laughs> left the victim's house all clean and was like, got away with it. And then like went home and they're like, this just in DNA. And they're like, no, <laughs> you know, like 40 year, 40 year old cold case broken by hair follicle and like stuff like that. Ooh. So I think as dusk falls seems super fascinating from that, that standpoint. And they seem like they all kind of went their separate ways. So you're going to yeah. have, you know, Anthony, what did you do that for? I, I, I didn't spend the money, you know, like backstabbing. Ooh, it looks good. Yeah, don't yeah. don't join my playthrough because I will pick all the bad choices. Well, that, that's what's so fascinating. <laughs> it's an eight player co-op. It's like, what, how, how, do, how does that work? It sounds fascinating. Yeah. And it does look like kind of as you were indicating, Christian, it looks like this this mashup between a Telltale game and a Quantic Dream game, you know, like mm. a, uh, with that with that branching thing and and uh. And again, any game that is is daring enough to have this very, very unique art direction, I'm always perked up and like, oh, no one's ever tried to have a game look quite like that before. 
I think that's and cool. Xbox didn't even show Turtles. You know what I mean? Like, let's not beat around <laughs> the bush here. We're talking about <laughs> also on Game Pass. Yeah. Well, I want. I mean, I, I want to get to uh, Anthony's hands-on. Like I said, there's just uh, there's just so much to talk about. But let's let's briefly hit on. I mean, there's another thirty games <laughs> from the PC Game Show, um, and we won't be able to get to nearly all of them. But I, I'm curious if there's uh, any games that struck your fancy because there's a whole bunch that I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. The, the PC Game Show has been. You know, it's had some uh, some growing pains over the years. It's had some, you know, it's been a little awkward, a little felt a little uh, overlong and a little uh, uh, tedious at, at times. I thought this year, uh, again, very long, very uh, packed, uh, and maybe could have uh, been cut down a bit more. But I just had so much good stuff in it. Uh, I was impressed that I think it's it's kind of gotten to a place where I'm I'm really anticipating it year to year now. Um, but Anthony, are there any uh, a couple of games that that intrigued you from the PC game show? Correct me if I'm wrong. This did happen at the PC game show. The System Shock thing happened. Yeah, I yeah with Warren Spector. Yeah. I've been in a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, uh, it intrigued me just because it was our first, I think, um, or or new gameplay. Um, it didn't. It in terms of the combat, it wasn't didn't blow me over, but kind of like the mix of of uh like action rpg and um the combat i was intrigued by that um and then the i mean the thing that i think i'm most looking forward to is uh the new sam barlow game yeah I like immortality his, i think it's called uh yes um what was the game the telling lies right mm-hmm. yeah i like that game a lot i played that with my wife and it was like not you know it, she didn't think it was like a video game and we were able to play it together and like you know decode the videos and um i really really like uh their work and i'm really looking forward to this game yeah immortality is the you know sam barlow makes these um you know uh in a previous era we would have called them uh um Full motion video, FMV? Yeah, full motion video, FMV, yeah, FMV games, yeah, uh, real actors, um, you know, real video, uh, but then gameplay elements layered over it. Immortality looks like it's going to be uh, this sort of match on action, uh, which is a term from filmmaking where you you cut between two things that are similarly shaped, almost uh, that fill the frame in, in the same kinds of ways. And I guess it's uh, piecing together what happened to this actress who mysteriously disappeared. Uh, nobody makes games like Sam Barlow and uh, the fact that he's still exploring this, this, this kind of concept uh, in new ways is, is really interesting for sure. Uh, Christian, do you have uh, any picks from the PC game show? I do. I also just need to go back one more time to this Xbox showcase that I thought was incredible. Megaton after Megaton. And I, I'm sorry. I just thought of it. Yeah. The persona games coming yeah. to game pass again, any other year, especially if there was like fans in the audience, and they trot out, you know, a Joker, you know, or whatever, like a cosplay Joker. To, uh, Persona Three Portable, which I think is funny. I, I like that version of the game, but I, I, it's, it's funny that it's not portable. Whatever. Uh, and then Four Golden and um, Five, whatever the, the version of Five Royale. Royal, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible for game show. I feel for PC game show. I feel bad, Jeff, because I, I think this would have to be yours. And as someone who didn't finish the game, I feel weird saying it, but I love 
what I saw of Half-Life Alex Levitation because I love how Valve supports fan modding in yeah. this way. Like Valve didn't put their name on it. They didn't cease and desist it. They support it in a huge way. And if they had put Valve's name on it, I would have been like texting you, you know, like, why, like they're doing it. They're doing it. And yeah. they're not. This is made by just some hobby. Div- I mean, I don't want to disrespect them, but like a fan. Yeah. yeah. You know, it looks yeah, but so it looks good. Very polished. Looks very professional. Uh, and it looks like something I am going to definitely be playing. A four to five hour campaign set sort of in the same universe as Half-Life, you know, with with the same characters. I, I couldn't tell if they were just people impersonating the voices or if they got some of the same voice cast, but... Um, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a story mod. It's not just like, we created the Half-Life Alex shooting gallery. Right, You know, right. where it's like, uh, here's the boss rush mode. It's... It looks really good. thing. Yeah. I was blown away by that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so much stuff in this PC game show that I got excited about. Um, there's a bunch of, uh, well, let me start here. We went on and on, uh, in paid DLC last week, uh, about how like every game was this derelict space station. Uh, you know, you wake up, you're alone on a space station, uh, horrors await you game after game, after game, after game. I was like, I, I do not need another one of these. There's just like, feels ad nauseum empty space station what's the what's the mystery let's figure it out walk around the space station and then i saw the altars and i was like guess i'm excited (laughs) for one of these again like oh what is this game no idea it's like that it's like that movie moon uh, they went oh we can make that as a video game um not to spoil moon but uh this had i think one of the most compelling trailers i i don't know what the game is really no, no idea and then, and then there was like five minutes of developer interview afterwards where i'm like you didn't give any insight <laughs> you, as to what the game is. is european justin timberlake <laughs> and <laughs> but it, we went on and on well uh what you know uh, explain more about the game well it is a uh, crazy you know there was no there was no actual information delivered it was like it is uh you know a dream wrapped in an enigma um and it it doesn't hurt that it's from 11-bit studios which did children of morta and this war of mine children of morta i think was my game of the year the year it came out Uh, which again if you if you hear that and you're not watching the video version of this or you didn't pull up the trailer don't picture children of morta in your head (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know what you picture because this was clearly a cg trailer but I think I think yeah. picture but like Justin Timberlake, but he's Eastern European <laughs> and he's on a spaceship. The idea here is that uh, you wake up, you're you're a dude on a space station. You wake up, you walk into a room, and someone's operating on a body that looks like you. And then you look around, and all the people operating on the body are also you. So the the idea here is that you create these alters, these clones of yourself that have different uh, skill sets. To accomplish different tasks, but I have no idea if this is like an isometric strategy game where you're creating clones of yourself, or if it's a first-person, you know, narrative thing. But I am 
intrigued because I thought the trailer, out. <laughs> the trailer was pixel so art again. I'm in man. I, the altars is like so weird and so different. And I was, I just was totally drawn in by the trailer, the way it played out. Um, uh, I got, I got, I got a lot more guys. If you, if you don't, um, uh, you know how okay. I can do one more. Yeah, do it. I mean, there's a lot, but uh, I, th- I believe I played a demo of this. I think we talked about it on this show, but it was seeing like a complete version of it. Angry Foot, the ang- <laughs> what is it? What was it called? Uh, Kick Foot. I think it's Angry Foot. I'm going to search through. Yeah. Um, I love the simplicity of what that game is and does where it's a first person shooter where you're running and kicking basically like every, <laughs> I feel like a lot of games are trying to capture um john wick yeah. in game you know right. like it, it, john wick hex is excellent it's a very different style of game but it kind of captures that um midnight fight express uh kind of cat you know it's like all these games that do it and i think it's called angry foot my god i don't have it pulled up but and i'm pretty sure i played it in the steam demo uh not too long ago i'm gonna do a quick google make sure i get the name right as i'm uh giving it praise anger foot man and it's devolver digital so it wasn't the pc thing but i think they showed a trailer of it against pc thing um it, it looks fast and furious and and fun and not self-serious in all the right ways and again a familiar genre per se but putting its own spin on it which yeah. i think is super enticing kind of like um uh golly what you were just talking about that other space game where it's like you think you're bored of it and then someone does something a little different and it's like okay i think i do like this genre still yeah yeah, you're like, oh, I can't stand I don't need another one of these. And then you're like, oh, another one of these. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally how it is. Um there were a bunch of uh a bunch of 4X games, uh strategy games that got me excited. Uh, I am future uh looked really wild. Um I, just kind of this this goofy uh tongue in cheek take on a a guy waking up in the post apocalypse and having to make the best of it uh like uh, that looks really cool um my favorite of them that they showed uh is a game called uh, Lesara Summit Kingdom which is the 4x like you know civilization type game but done all on mountains so you're, oh, you're yeah. like building up and through and like doing bridges between things i was like yes please give me that uh visually just looked so cool and such a different twist on something that's very much a you know tried and true uh uh genre and and nivol uh Niv- nivalis nivolis nivalis the uh it's like hey city simulator but it just happens to be cyberpunk it's like oh yeah why has nobody thought to do that before pretty cool Pretty cool. Um, bunch of 4X games. That's a couple other ones that I thought were neat too. Um, what I think is interesting of the PC gaming showcase, it, and maybe this wasn't the first year, but it was certainly another year where I wasn't blown away by a game's visuals that didn't seem possible on console. And maybe that was early PS4 is the last time that happened where like, we were seeing you go to the PC game showcase and yes, it'd be too long and it'd be weird and a little awkward, but there'd be one game that would be like mind blowingly beautiful. Mm. And I don't know if I saw that this year, like things looked great. Don't get me wrong. But I think what, um, 
you know, what we've seen from other studios and, and on consoles now also yeah. look incredible. And I think it's interesting to see that um, intersection happening of, I guess the consoles are just PCs and no one's yeah. until Unreal 5 comes out and you can push a 4080 whenever they come out, you know, you'll see that difference, but it's hard to look at uh, Horizon Forbidden West on PS5 and then look at anything that they've shown and be like, oh, that looks next year. Mm, it, it, yeah. it looks like we're kind of in it right now. You're right. I think the yeah. the prettiest game at the, sh- at the show might have been that one, The Invincible, which mm. is another, you know, scary sp- space alone in space thing. But it looked really pretty, I thought. Um, yeah, maybe Scorn, but I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scorn is not pretty. There's no pretty in the Scorn. It's impressive. <laughs> Like the PC can run that better. I'll be like, no, thank you. <laughs> I want to see the worst version of that. It was also interesting, Christian, as we went off, uh, uh, you know, the other day on the PDLC show about how, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Storm, what's it called? Uh, the RTS game? Uh, oh, Stormgate. Stormgate, thank you. Uh, that, <laughs> we were like, what, what genre is this? And then they did this whole deep dive on Stormgate in the PC game show. And they still didn't really show much. It was like, okay, well, at least I know what kind of game it is. But now you're just showing StarCraft II footage. It's very <laughs> strange. Um, but it, it feels a way at, a ways out. Yeah, it, it, it feels a ways out. Very much so. Uh, all right. Like I said, dozens and dozens more games showed. Too many games for sure. But uh, Anthony, before we go, I want to hear about the games that you've actually what? played. Real quick, I want to request since oh, we're, sure. I am live right now for this. Let's save one game for the end okay. just so I know where to mute and kill the live stream and then keep just the recording you, going because there's uh, embargoes is all. Live there are embargoes. Yeah. Um, well, you got yeah, to play so Street I, Fighter. Yes. So I uh, attended what's uh, being called Play Days um, for Summer Game Fest. So it was a hands-on focused event uh during summer game fest put oh, on i told my uh, wife it was like a hall pass i did this weekend all wrong oh no you, you definitely did it all wrong uh you played no video games and uh, you dang, lost. Okay. i gotta go i'm so um, sorry <laughs> but yeah it was put on uh jeff Keeley and i am 8-bit put it together a lot smaller than your average e3 uh experience obviously just one kind of uh not that large room but a lot of singular stations dedicated to one game. But one of the best things about it was when you go to E3 and you get to play games, you're lucky if you have those instances where you sit down or you stand and you get to play the game and you, the developer is next to you or a developer is next to you and they can answer your questions as you play. In a lot of cases you get somebody that they hired, um, you know, like if you're at Nintendo, it's just, they just hire a bunch of kids off the street and they don't, they don't know, you know, what's happening in Zelda. They don't know, you know, link from Donkey Kong. Um, but what's, what's cool about this event is every time you sat down to play a game, you were sitting down with a developer. So you could actually ask questions and get a little bit more information about each game. And just to um, prove it, they a- would immediately go, this is link. This is Donkey Kong. Here are 10 differences. But, I mean, both of you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you're, yes. you're standing next to a person. And you're like, so so what are you going for this? And they're like, I didn't work on this. I just work in PR. No, they were like, I, I am a, I'm a, a Los Angeles model. I'm happy to give you my headshot. 
<laughs> or they look down at the controls, you know, thing in front of you and like, well, if you push a like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, I mean, it's one of those things where it, it actually makes the event feel more personal. I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, I got to play, I guess street fighter six would be the one you'd want to hear about the most. I'm very curious about I would that. Think. Yes. Yeah. So street fighter six, my cat is behind making noise. So hold on just a second. <laughs> Your cat's like, talk about the other one. Cat's the a big, other one. Cat's a big Mortal Kombat fan. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I mean, the um, cat did, did just get over here to Anthony, so it's a pretty it's a pretty yeah, baller exactly. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say the the big game was Street Fighter Six. It was the showpiece. I would think of the of the event. They had four playable characters: Chun Li, Ryu. Uh, Jamie and Luke. Boo. Uh, no, no guile, <laughs> even though he was just revealed. Um, and you could play it either against somebody else, or you could just play against the CPU and you could kind of set the difficulty level of the CPU. Uh, you could pick between two stages. One was that kind of, uh, back alley brawl stage that you may have seen in the trailer. And the other is, uh, kind of Japanese insp- inspired with Tory gates and, um, uh, cherry blossom trees. The game plays really well. Uh, I'm not a big fighting game guy, so I'm not like super into the minutia of being able to describe, mm-hmm. you know, rollback net code and, and all the specific things that I experienced, but it, it felt like the characters had a good weight to them when they connected. Um, it felt smooth. Uh, the, one of the cool things that this one adds that I think some other games have had, but not necessarily, uh, at this level is a modern control scheme, which actually allows you to to uh, hold the the right trigger or hold a button on a on a fight stick, and then hit other buttons, and it'll actually do combos for you. You know, you mm-hmm. can actually kind of simplify the combat for people who maybe are intrigued by Street Fighter now, and but don't you know don't have that kind of hardwired. Here's how you Hadouken, and here's how you do this. Yeah. Um. But it yeah it looks really really sharp. Uh, it has this kind of interesting, uh, mechanic. I, it's, I think it's called drive impact where you kind of are charging a move. And when you can, if you connect, or I think even if you miss it, like puts a splash of color on the screen. It's probably what you've seen in the trailers yeah. where it just looks like somebody threw paint at the screen mm-hmm. color. Ink. Uh, like before it was, yeah, black but ink, I think if, now it's, you know, if you, pretty. if you land it, it like puts color on the ground. It, it yeah. it's really a kind of striking visual. Um, but I think in terms of what you're looking for out of an initial demo of Street Fighter, it showed you that, hey, your classic characters like Ryu and Chun-Li play like you want. But also, um, Jamie seemed really cool. He was like a mix of, uh, or he kind of felt to me like Eddie Gordo from Tekken, you know, mm-hmm. using breakdancing moves. But also he has like a really long ponytail. So he does weird things with that. He's a little bit like a drunken master type fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Luke was more just, I'll punch you really hard. What um, was it set up on it and on a fight stick or a game pad? You know what you could do either. Off of? Um, I, uh, th- they were playing it on PlayStation. So it was, if you used a game pad um, or I assume they were playing it on PlayStation, I guess it could have been a PC. Did it have um, dual sense stuff? Like I, I feel like a no, lot of fighting no. games wouldn't want that, but, and I, I know the answer to this, but just to say it on the show for folks who don't, I think the thing I'd want to play the most is the NBA 2K part of the game, but there was no, 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 it was, it was, it was just, here's set up fights. Um, 
Another really interesting element is there's uh, like a live commentary, not live in the sense that somebody's doing it, but like AI commentary that's generated by people who do fighting game community esports huh. events. Like the so they like would say things Madden? you know, like you would have an like kind of yeah, essentially you know some some guy would say you know in in round one. Chun Li, you know, used too many low kicks and got punished <laughs> for them or whatever. That's cool. You know, it, it stop. It honestly, totally. you cheese guy. <laughs> it honestly sounded like <laughs> you were, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not great, but it it sounded like they were shoutcasting my fight. That's cool. Um, That's a neat, neat concept. Was, I, I had yeah, no idea was, that was, was part really of the cool. game. That's cool. Yeah, and you can turn it off. It's completely optional. Um, and then I would imagine they're going to be adding more voices. I think there was only one or two available. But oh, there yeah, was Snoop Dogg patch. Like, well, it, for come sure. on, let's not kill <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think most Street Fighter fans will be really happy uh, with. There was a couple guys there that I know who are big fighting game guys, uh, especially on Twitch, and they, they were in love with it. So uh, what, what else did you get to play that you were uh, excited about? So... Um, I got to play this game called Escape Academy. Uh, that's actually really cool. I want to give a shout out to that. It's um, it's kind of like imagine a little an escape room setup, but you know, fictionalized in the sense that um, the the one that they had on hand was a room that was continuously filling with water and you were kind of going up ladders and uh, each kind of mini room had a puzzle to solve and all the puzzles they weren't super obvious. Like, okay, I know how to do this in a video game. They were, some people were literally breaking out pad and paper or Uh pen and paper. Like they had to give them pen and paper, like the Um, witness style stuff or like what kind of puzzles? It was not not like Sue. I don't want to like, you know, toot my own horn, but I did set the record for the weekend. I didn't need to use pen and paper, but there were some people that were sitting there and were like, you know, stumped. Um, but it was really cool. I really, really liked the game. Uh, and if it if it just offers more of that, I would be really into it. But it was essentially you go into a room and maybe um, I'll try and give like examples that aren't too spoilery. But um, there are like there's writing on the wall. And then there was like these kind of plastic sheets that you could put on these hooks and they would uh, maybe create the the hint of what a number might be. And then you'd figure out, okay, well, this seems like this is making a number. This one seems like it's making a number and then use that number to do something else. Mm. Um, or like finding pattern recognition, you know, like, oh, here's a pattern for the, this uh, Mark 1 through 4 version of this safe, but this safe is Mark 5. So f- follow the pattern and try and figure out. Uh, it's really, really, really neat. So uh, it's, a lot it's, of people that I... It's all stuff that you could do in a physical way like it's not yes not a video game video game it's like a, a it's almost like it is a, a simulation of an escape room yes in, in a in a lot of ways it's not um you're not doing something that isn't at least a little bit rooted in reality yeah um mo- most cool. of the people that i talked to at the event they that was their favorite game and it was one of my favorite games that i played there as well looks like it's coming um, out july 13th so very soon mm-hmm uh, I also got to play Cuphead, but it was the uh, the same thing that was shown at the Summer Game Fest. And I, I think we move on to it. I got to play Sonic, Sonic Frontiers. 
Yes, um, this is a game that we have been discussing at length. Uh, the footage online of the uh, of the of the gameplay has been uh, widely uh, analyzed and criticized, and we talked about it a bunch. You can just say it's been soniced. Footage <laughs> has been soniced. I want to know <laughs> is is what you played basically what we have seen in no. gameplay demo? No. No, so there were there were it was an open world section, but there were things to do. Mm. Um, uh, enemies, enemies, yep, oh. enemies, and uh, like puzzly things and little tracks, uh, kind of you know standard uh, Sonic type of like platforming, just just to collect some coins or maybe like get a special item. It is a very open world game. So when they they drop me down onto this area. There was a kind of waypoint I went over. I had to solve a somewhat rudimentary puzzle. And when I did, I filled in part of the map. And then the map had points on it of like, this is where you would go to get this. And Mm. this is where you would go. And you could put a tracker down and head in that direction. So Um, it's Sonic by way of Ubisoft. More or less, yeah. Um, But it actually didn't seem half bad. Um, The combat was actually kind of fun. Um, It has... Sonic, uh, the same type of combat that you would sort of expect from Sonic of like, he locks on and you kind of like, he shoot like a yo-yo shoots at, you know, bounces into them. But there was like also a dodge and, um, there was an ability I got called a psych loop, which basically was, uh, I hold down a button and I run in a circle. And if I connect the circle and let go, it like unleashes a tornado. That's cool. So enemies that had a shield, that was a way to like break their shield. And then um, you could attack them. And each enemy that I encountered, at least in the demo was different. They didn't, you know, I didn't just attack them endlessly. It was kind of like attack, attack. Okay. I need to dodge now. I need mm. to wait. Um, it was honestly better than i thought it was going to be given all you know the discussions we had yeah um i didn't talk to anybody that had played it it was one of the last things i played at the event so i didn't really hear how other people were feeling but i actually thought it was surprisingly better uh than i thought it was going to be um also i'm like you jeff i really like sonic adventure (laughs) okay um i'm really happy to hear you say this i'm really no the big takeaway from the gameplay footage was like how sparse everything felt. Did did you still feel that? A little bit, a little bit. Um, the music is kind of weird. Mm. It doesn't fit the tone of like a Sonic game in the open world. Um, but outside of the music, which I you know could be placeholder, it it still felt like I wasn't just endlessly walking around this open area with nothing to do. There was right. there were obvious things to do. Now, whether they're satisfying is up for debate. You know, if you just want to, like, collect these items or get some coins, fine. But it didn't really feel what they at least what they presented to me versus what what was shown at the IGN first kind of trailer presentation Mm -hmm. that just felt like this empty thing where Sonic was running around. Right. Uh, This there were just more things to do uh, beat to beat, I guess. That's very encouraging. Did it seem 60 frames per second? Did it seem close? Maybe. Okay. Um, Definitely not like chugging, but I mean, I played quite a few games that were like chugging, chugging. (laughs) And I think that's just for something like this. I would think they were just like, we just want to, we want to be part. We don't care if it's, you know, our game is a little rough. 
It blows my mind that, you know, I think it's an IGN first is how they, a lot of that was shown. And then eventually they did show as part of that continued coverage, like, yes, there are enemies and, and here's some stuff of it. But it, it seems like if what you were able to play seemed markedly better than that. Yeah, it seemed like what they what they showed was trying to say, like, look, we made Sonic Breath of the Wild. And people were like, well, Breath of the Wild was not empty like this. And then what they let me play was more like Jeff said, more Ubisoft. There were more just things on the map. When you when you start to see the map, there was like dot 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 dot, you know, at least five or six things to do appeared. How was Sonic's speed? Because I feel like in like Sonic Mania and and Sonic Origins collection now, I guess, is the way that you'll play those first three. Like Sonic Speed is a a detriment just as much as it is um yeah. A tool that, that you know, that they set up traps for you almost. And you kind of have to learn the levels and you can miss things because you're doing it. And I feel like the 3D Sonic games have struggled to capture that approach to Sonic before. Because it's, you either auto lock and ping pong around or yeah. yo-yo around. Or the level is so big. Like running off a 3D level doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, a little column A, a little column B. There were like two or three moments where I, you know, was doing something really fast and I just fell off the map and died. Mm. Um, but then it did, you know, you can just move forward and then Sonic will kind of like gain momentum, but there's also a boost if you just want him to run faster. Um, and there, there were those moments, like you said, where it was very clear, like here's what you're supposed to do to platform across is maybe jump and then target lock bounce into this thing, then land on a platform, use the target lock to kind of get your bearings. Um, or you just jump on a rail and maybe jump like uh, to another rail, a la like Ratchet and Clank. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought it was be- way better than that initial impression, and I was like, "Am I crazy? This this combat actually seems kind of fun." Um, and, but yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised by how much fun I had, especially with the combat. I'm very happy to hear that. I'm rooting for this game, man. I really, really want it to be fun. I, I, I want Sonic to be. I mean, these movies are making all this money. People are. My kid knows who Sonic is. I never. He never played a Sonic game, but he knows who Sonic the Hedgehog is. Uh, I, I want there to be an awesome AAA Sonic game, and I'm, you know, I hope that they uh, nail the landing on this one. I really do. And I'm, I'm happy to hear you had some fun with it because everybody was, was so negative about what they showed. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it, those yeah. first previews didn't show well. Um, what was it, my last thought? kind of, unless there's other games that jumped out at you, like what was the vibe, you know, like, did it seem like, Oh, we're back That's together. Yeah. This is fun. Or is it kind of, you got in, got out. Like, was it back of um, booth E3 vibe? Like what was the, I mean, it was going out to dinner with me was the best part. I know I, there's a lot of <laughs> exclusives. We like, ate uh, maybe fried chicken. chicken. And he was like, "You, I'm going to tell you this, but you you wouldn't be able to tell." And I was like, "I could tell this vegan chicken." <laughs> I know what we, did. Like, we went to we went to Wolfie's, which is not healthy, but it is everything there is plant based. Uh, it's in L.A. It's great. I love it. They do have vegan hot fried chicken, and it's fantastic. Anyway, the rest of the event though that wasn't as good as yeah. that, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing: is it, it was a lot like E3 in the sense of you know. PR people reaching out and making appointments. And if I didn't have an appointment for something, I wouldn't have been able to play it because it was all just, 
there was no really walk up and play stations like you have at E3. You know, Christian, you are that's like your your realm. That's where you exist. You just walk up to the things and play the things. There was really none of that. It was I have an appointment to play Cuphead. I sit down, I play Cuphead, and I'm done. And then in between, I take notes or I, you know, have some food or something like that, but there was no um like discovery of the hidden games. It was all very structured and somewhat focused on a very specific set of games. But like I said, the cool part was being able to sit down with somebody and who plays or makes the game and be able to ask them questions instead of uh, having that E3 experience of, you know, I don't know what this game is. Sorry. Yeah. But your time's up. So move along. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I think I think this is the precursor to a replacement for E3. To be honest, yeah, I think the three of us will be eventually going to play days. Well, I mean, uh, Keeley said at the end of the his his uh, summer game fest uh, presentation, you know, next year it's in person, it's an in person event. So I was like, okay, well, I guess it's happening. And and E3 keeps saying, hey, we're coming back. You know, all right. Fool me once, E3. Fool me three times. <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to I wanna end our discussion the way we used to do every year after E3, which was like, you know, the, the, the most pertinent question. It's a little different this year because Christian and I didn't have hands on anything, but of all the stuff, including Summer Games Fest, including Microsoft, IGN, anything you have seen or played that is not out yet. If you could take one game home, have it magically be finished right now, you could play one game right now. What would it be? Anthony Taramina. Oh man. I think, I think it's Redfall. Mm. Hollow Knight and Callisto protocol are right there but i think it's redfall just because of the pedigree of the studio and my fondness for their games um i i think i think it's redfall just just in terms of like i feel like i would like their game versus i know i will like hollow knight obviously but callisto protocol i'm not quite sure and and um but yeah i think redfall just because they haven't arcane as a full studio in different places has not missed quote unquote missed for me yeah Christian, how about you? Well, I mean, Anthony, we didn't even mention Silk Song again. Another potential megaton moment during the Xbox stream of like yeah. it's, I guess, coming out before June twelfth, twenty twenty three. You know, and on Game Pass is just. I mean, that my, game feels like it's not real. They don't ever want to talk about it, so maybe I know. But I mean, they, they should have like, been playing in the next twelve months. Yeah, mind mind blowing, and also a big get for Game Pass. Is it's a it's a big 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 announcement. I think uh, the 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 silly answer is Turtles, which I will be playing. <laughs> you don't have to do wish it. for that one. Our, our it's happening episode. already. It's happening. Um, it's Starfield, and I yeah. think because I I have questions, and maybe it is fool me once. You know, like Skyrim is Skyrim for 
it's hard to top Skyrim, right? It's been on everything. It's one of the greatest games of all time, I think, in terms of what it ushered in, in terms of the RPG and, and that style of game. And then Fallouts are always games that I want to love and uh, never get into, and mostly because of the save your kid, that narrative dissonance that happens to me in the narrative. And I don't know what the Starfield narrative is. Like, it seems like you can be bad. And it's like, they're like you never want to trust them. They're jerks. And then it's like, hey, go kill everybody. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That's, that's a version of that big RPG I can get behind. What do you do in this game? Mess everything up for everyone else. Yes. Or I will fly to every planet land <laughs> and mess everything up. For, for the uh, listeners at home, I would like to remind everybody that Christian never left his home planet in No Man's Sky. That's right. Well, that's because I was mining all. That's true. I will still be in that oh. first cave mining the ore. Don't yeah, let's not get confused here, but uh, definitely Starfield when, for me. When Todd Howard said, oh, look at all these planets. Christian said, that one is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, everybody texted me like, oh my God, you see all these planets. And I, I just saw Todd Howard saying, this is the planet you play the game on. And I was like, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Howard. That is the only one I need. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. For me, it's, it's absolutely Starfield. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. I, I, I just can't wait to play another Bethesda game studios game. It's been what, 10 years since we really had a real one of the, I mean, I don't count fallout 76. Um, so, uh, you know, has it been that long? I don't know. How long has it been? It has, it has been that long. That's crazy. It's been since we made a cardboard cutout of ourselves, Jeff, it's been that long. I mean, we did that less than 10 years ago though. I don't know. It, it's yeah, pre- I guess it, it's been less than 10 years ago. Yeah. It's pre cake though. You know, pre cake. So, yeah. Pre-cake. Anyway. I, yeah. It's a hundred percent that game. I, I, I just feel like this is the game that a lot of people have been trying to make for years and it feels like they actually made it. I hope we'll see. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if, if it, if, if it's not Starfield, if we take Starfield out of it, I'm tempted to go with some crazy unknown quantity that like high on life is just like, well, I just, yeah, make me laugh game. Make you know, do something weird and different. Yeah. That's, you know, but I think the, if it's not Starfield, the the be- the safe bet that I know I'm going to love is Diablo Four. <laughs> it's like yeah, I want to play Diablo Four, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean Starfield. I think for all of my worries that I expressed at the beginning of the show and and, and share with uh, Anthony, like I I am so excited to delve into this world and. It looks beautiful and it looks just endlessly interesting and and full of so much artistry on every single level. I, I just feel like it's it's gonna it's gonna be a fascinating universe to explore, and I think it's gonna have lots of surprises and interesting, you know, narrative turns and stuff. So bring it, bring it, Bethesda, bring it. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for being here. It's been a special week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed having uh, two episodes of DLC if, if you're not a, a patron. But you can always have two episodes of DLC per week by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DLCpod. That's where you go to find out uh, the uh, the level that you can support the show. Make sure we continue. Make sure we get to keep making these. Uh, we've been going over eight years and we want to keep going eight more uh, at the very least. So um, please, uh, please do consider supporting the show and, and get extra content uh, over the week. Uh, We appreciate it. Of course, 
if it would cause you financial hardship, we do not want you to support us financially. Do not worry about if that is going to cause you any financial hardship. Do not worry about that. There are ways to support us for free. It's easy to support us for free. You can tell a friend. You can tweet about the show. You can write us a little review on your platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts or wherever you download the show. It really does help. It helps uh, the algorithm. It helps folks discover us. So uh, take a second and do that and help support the show as well. Uh, Thanks again to Anthony Towermina. Anthony, tell folks where they can uh, follow you and, and all this coverage and all the great stuff you do covering video games. Uh, yeah, so m- most of it has existed in uh, Twitter form currently. So uh, I'm I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. Um, and then I'm slowly writing out the, you know, the longer form hands-on impressions. I did one for Street Fighter that's up on gamerant.com right now. Um, if you just go there and you search Street Fighter, it should show up kind of early in your search, I think, but... Who knows? Tons of content, tons of games. Um, but yeah, I'll start to put out more thoughts about a bunch of different games that I played at the Summer Games Fest, including Escape Academy and Cuphead. Um, I was also able to interview uh, Maya Moldenauer and talk about lots of Cuphead stuff. Um, so look for pieces of that to come out over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, Game Rant and my Twitter are the best places. Awesome. Christian, you want to plug anything? I have a newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I do one or two a month. I write long form about video games. And then after that goes out, uh, I make a video version of that newsletter that I post over on this very show's Patreon, which is patreon.com slash DLC pod. So two ways to get uh, my longer thoughts about some video games. And um, I haven't quite landed on topic for this month yet. I started on one about the state of the press conference and and what that means. It might still be that the evolution of the press conference where it used to be numbers and sales figures. And now it's like they wore what jacket, you know, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll see, but that's tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicers where you can sign up for that newsletter. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled two N's and one T. We love hearing from you here at DLC. You can write us emails, uh, talking about the things that you're excited about, uh, asking us questions, comments. We love hearing from you. DLC feedback at gmail.com is where you send those. Also, we have uh, communities on Discord at 5x5DLC on Discord and on uh, subreddit, which is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Great places to hang out with like-minded folks. Uh, You can hear me talk about movies and TV shows on The Filmcast, which is another podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and I talk uh, science and comedy. We make fun of science at wehaveconcerns.com. All right. Before we go, I do need to shout out our hype train patrons. The patrons that support this show at the highest level. Bring in that hype. Patrons like Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville. John Sisko, Relentless Rex, Michael S, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, Riley Knox, Kyle Starr, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Goulas, Rob Rickman, Sasan, Pink Patton, Adam Denby, Cheesy Bob, Scooby Diesel, Jeff Luxack, Matt Bradley, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Chris Zacharias, 
Will with 1L Harris. Mitchell Ness. Jimmy Ratcliffe. Mark Dowling. Malcolm King. Dan Palmino. Neil Shaw. Scott Hughes. Ben. Jenny. Nate. Kevin Brazel. Scoogah. Jonathan Spiceman. Forever Schlepper. Zachary White. Jump Show Podcast. Soren Silk. Spiceman Silence. Travis Jackson. Michael Buck. Michael Stadler. Nick Strauss Klein. Flag the Watashima Henny. Josh Pink. Chad. Peter Olberg. Taylor Wigert. Christian Bravery. Octavian Ratsu. Clifton Satterfield and Jason Novak. Thank you one and all for your generous support of DLC. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.